I don't know about you, but we're always looking for ways to get our kids involved and give back in our local community. That's why we're excited to tell you about Student Visionaries of the Year, a campaign by the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, which is the largest nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a world without blood cancers. Student Visionaries of the Year is a seven-week philanthropic leadership development program for high school students. Participants form strong teams and fundraise in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. I would love for Violet to do this program when she's in high school. This program is transformative. It not only helps students develop valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship, not to mention it looks great on college applications, but most importantly, it's also a chance for them to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on blood cancer patients and their families. You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org slash students. That's lls.org slash students. So how are the chickens doing in this heat? They don't like it, but I'm you know, putting ice in their water. And then today, I literally just filled up a giant bowl with ice and took it out there and like dumped it on the ground in the coop. Because apparently if they have cold feet, it cools them off. Oh. So, yeah. But All they're right. not pleased. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Liz Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in LA, and with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Sarah. That's me, Sarah Fain. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. Today, we're going to talk about what's going on with the Hollywood writer strike, or should I say, writers and actors strike. Yes, then we'll amplify a book that's giving Hollywood a lot to talk about. And in The Craft and Fane, we're going to discuss what we've been discovering about formatting. Spoiler alert, it matters. This week's Hollywood hack is a tech-free way to make waiting more enjoyable. And finally, I have what is sure to be a polarizing TV recommendation. Oh, I can't wait. And then we have an update we have been getting so many, what are they called, thread alerts? I don't know. Yeah, telling people <laughs> that they're joining or telling us that people are joining threads. It's so nice to hear from you. Welcome. Yes. And I'm <laughs> trying to follow back everybody I see who's joined and followed us. So yes. definitely give us a shout out when you join. And a reminder to everyone, I'm at Liz Craft and you are at S. Fain on threads and Instagram. Yes. Okay, Liz, it's time for From the Treadmill Desks of, in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. And today, obviously, it's the strike, <laughs> only maybe more so, I think. Yeah, so the big news here in Hollywood is that as of July 13th, SAG-AFTRA is on strike as well as the WGA. So all over New York and L.A., actors are now even more on the picket lines. 
And I'm guessing also like Atlanta, there are a lot of different filming hubs where where actors live Miami, you know, that, yes. that people are probably striking. And just for yes. numbers, I think the WGA is like 11 or 12,000 people and SAG is over 160,000 people. So it's a lot of people now on the picket line. It's a very different energy, partly because they're actors and they're, you know, like have a actor energy which is going to make the picket lines super fun. Yes. And partly it's just volume. Yes. And so SAG-AFTRA includes everybody from Julia Roberts and Matt Damon to a background actor that you see sitting at a booth in a diner in a diner scene. So it really encompasses everybody, which is why it's such a big union And unfortunately, the companies were no more willing to make a deal with them than they were to make a deal with us. Yeah, but it's going to be really hard on L.A. It's really, really, really verging on tragic, if not tragic, for the city and for the people who work here. Yeah, I mean, a standstill for this city, right? I mean, we are at a standstill. It's because as we've said before, it is not just the actors who are impacted and 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 the writers who are impacted. It is the grips, it is costume designers, it is the prop people, it is catering. Plus, it's all the businesses that supply to those businesses. So prop houses, people who provide the food for for the lunch. You know, I mean, it is everybody. In fact, I was talking to Anne, my trainer at The Strength Code, which we talk about all the time. And that's in Toluca Lake, which is right by Warner Brothers, Disney. Mm -hmm. And she was saying, you know, all the small businesses in that area are impacted. Absolutely. So many people are suffering. So it's really too bad that this is happening, but we and the actors have no choice. For them, like we have been saying how it's an existential moment, and it is for them as well. And I think, Sarah, they have even more worry about AI, for instance, than we do. Yes. I think the last proposal by the companies for AI was that they can scan background actors, pay them once, and then use them forever. Yes. (laughs) It's like, um, no, I don't think that's fair. And we should mention that Fran Drescher, who uh, many of you may remember was the nanny, she gave a speech that's worth looking up if you haven't seen it. Absolutely. It was a rousing speech, very passionate and I mean, and she sounded tired. Her voice was hoarse, but she was like, well, she just said what needed to be said, which was nice. And then, sadly, the CEOs, I think, are still just, I mean, to say PR fumbles doesn't begin to cover it. It's like the things that they're coming out saying are truly beyond, you know, that like somebody said uh, that they want people to be homeless after this. They're going to wait to settle until people are homeless. Somebody else, Bob Iger said that we're being unrealistic and the actors are being unrealistic. But meanwhile, they're not really offering anything or coming through with any proposals that are enough to make settling worth it. I mean, they're not even coming to the table. Both SAG-AFTRA and the WGA are prepared to get back to the table at any time, but they're not even talking about it. Yes. And meanwhile, you know, there's article after article about the 100 to $200 million salaries, the mega yachts. We all know that money is being made. I mean, one 
PR thing that I just want to be really clear about is that the companies, I think, try to put forth that we have to take less because they're making less, sort of a belt tightening all around. But the companies are making more than they've ever made. So it's, it's just not a truth that they can't afford to pay the people who make the content that makes them so much money. Yeah. I mean, one hard thing for them is that we're right. Actors are right. Labor all over the country at this moment. We're right. We are being taken advantage of, and we're working harder and harder for less and less. And it's time. Like, it it just can't keep going like this. It has to turn around. So that's where we are. Yeah, that is where we are. So although we're not happy that SAG-AFTRA had to go on strike, we welcome them. And what we all hope is that the fact now that writers and actors are out will cause the companies to come to the table and finally make a deal so everybody can get back to work so that we can all get back to the Hollywood that we love. And Liz, totally different note. Some of our listeners have pointed out that our celebrity sightings are going to increase now that the actors are on the line. Absolutely. Yes. We, I hope to have many celebrity sightings. And then, Sarah, we also want to remind everyone, since we're talking about the strike today, um, that you can give to the Entertainment Community Fund if you want to help those who are impacted by the strike and that's at entertainmentcommunity.org. Next up, we have an Amplify that is setting Hollywood on fire, but first, this break. Okay, Liz, here's some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, multiple systems, delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs, you cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems, and you improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Last night, I had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice. It was so delicious. It was the perfect dinner. 
Head to factormeals.com slash HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com slash HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Okay, Sarah, it's time for Amplify, in which we amplify work by women and people of color. And today we want to tell listeners about a gripping, important book by reporter Maureen Ryan. It is called Burn It Down, Power, Complicity, and a Call for Change in Hollywood. Yes, here's how Amazon describes Burn It Down. It is never just one bad man. Abuse and exploitation of workers is baked into the very foundations of the entertainment industry. To break the cycle and make change that sticks, it's important to stop looking at headline-making stories as individual events. Instead, one must look closely at the bigger picture to see how abusers are created, fed, rewarded, allowed to persist, and with the right tools, how they can be excised. In Burn It Down, veteran reporter Maureen Ryan does just that. Who and does she ever? Yes, she does. Um, So Mo, as she's known, has written a a book that goes into great detail about some of the most egregious situations um, that have happened um, in recent decades. She talks about certain showrunners, executives, situations that kind of make your hair stand on end. One situation she talks about, Sarah, is Lost, the show Lost. Um, We happen to, um, at the time of Lost, have heard almost every story she tells in the book contemporaneously. We'll mention, well, we did meet on Lost before it ever went. And we love the show, but then... Further down the road, they wanted to meet with us, and we turned the meeting down because of what we had heard straight from several writers on the show. So that was something that was particularly interesting to me. But anyway, I don't want to go into all of the details about the book because we are going to actually have Maureen Ryan on the podcast to talk about it. But we wanted to mention it and suggest people read it, and then talking to her will be even more interesting to you. Yeah, it was a book for me, like, reading it. I read the first half, just like I couldn't stop reading, and then I had to take a break because it's so, one, upsetting, also super validating because as a writer, as a woman writer in Hollywood, you specifically realize, oh God, it's not just us. This shit is out there all over. Well, it took me back to uh, many incidents in our careers, which fill me with rage, which we really don't speak about because we, (laughs) for many reasons. Um, (laughs) So it is very hard to read in that sense. Yes. I don't like revisiting that feeling of rage. And, you know, look, in many ways it's gotten better, and in some ways it has not. Yes. In some ways it's exactly the same. But the other interesting thing uh, for me reading it is is that we know a lot of people who are quoted in the book. and. 
hearing them or reading what they have said, it's just painful to think of people you know going through these things, even though you know at the time what they were going through. Reading about it, again, I mean, I guess it's it's not rage, it's being upset all over again for them, but also being, like, incredibly impressed that they were willing and had the courage to speak as openly as they did. I'm just like, I really like have to bow down to these people. Yeah, Sarah, I have to say, you and I do not have that courage. We have never gone on the record with our names. We have been asked. um, A lot. and, (laughs) And we don't do it. And, you know, that's just something we have to examine in ourselves. But we have good reasons for not doing it, but they do too, and they did it. So hats off. Okay, so definitely get Burn It Down, A Power, Complicity, and a Call for Change in Hollywood by Maureen Ryan. And and we will be talking to Maureen coming up soon. Okay, Sarah, it's time for The Craft and Fane where we talk about the craft of writing, because yes, it's an art, but it is also a craft. And today we want to discuss formatting. Yes. (laughs) How interesting. Yes. But the crazy thing is, it is. Like, you know, we've talked about how when we get a script that is not formatted correctly, you just instantly dismiss it. Because (laughs) if you can't get the format right, there's no point in reading this, right? Because that's like the basic, the most basic thing. Yeah, so we've talked about things like use final draft, don't have one line hanging over on a page because TV writers would never do that, watch your length, all those kinds of things. But now we are working on our novel and formatting has become this creative separate element of the book. Yes. When we read each other's parts of the book, I'll be like, okay, but the every character should start on their own page. And it's like, oh, yeah. And then I had, we're doing it by days, I had day two on the same page as a character's name. And Liz was like, okay, day two should be its own page because that makes it more dramatic. And it's these little things that I was like, oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> these little things you don't think about that really make an impact on the reader. Yes, or I noticed you had italicized. So at the top of every scene, we put the name of the character whose point of view the scene is in. And I noticed you had italicized. And I'm like, oh, that looks good. It really makes the character name pop more. So now I went through and italicized everybody's name. And I still need to ask you, I think you put it in a bigger font, but I wanted to ask you what font, yes, what size I did. you were using. 14, I put it 14. in 14. <laughs> okay. But it's funny because even for us, we're writing the book, but when you go through and look at it with different formats, the impact changes, which is, of course, why it matters. Yes, exactly. But I think... We've been a little surprised by that in the book. We've written books before, but it's been a while. And I think we're much more aware of these things now as writers than we were then. But it's just sort of a fun way to think about it and approach it. And I also have to say, we are writing in Google Docs. I cannot write without putting it in print mode so that it looks like Uh an actual sheet of paper. You know what I mean? Like, I can't leave it in the mode that it opens in. I have to have it in the way that looks right for me in the format that makes sense for my brain. 
Yes, that's a good tip if you're writing in Google Docs to put it in print mode and then it looks more like a regular piece of paper. One little formatting thing, Sarah, that's interesting is texts because we're going to have quite a few texts in the book. So what I've been doing is putting the text in a different font so they stick out, but I have we haven't officially decided how we're going to represent texts in the book. That's going to be a whole conversation. The other nice thing is if you are feeling stuck, playing around with formatting is something you can do to kind of work but not be actually writing to get the blood flowing. So if I spend an hour doing that today, that's legitimate work. <laughs> Absolutely. I count it. But for instance, that I was in that kind of headspace when I realized, oh, we need a page of quotes at the beginning of the book. And then I said, oh, and you know what? We're going to need a glossary at the end of the book. Um, all these formatting things matter. Uh, yes, absolutely. And structure. And Sarah, yes, this is true for the novel we're writing, but again, like so much, it translates to everything. Like if you have to hand out a report about something at work, I have no doubt that if you spent a little time making the format more pleasing, that it will impact how people receive your work. So just a tip for all of us. Yes. Okay, Liz, coming up next, we have a very low-tech Hollywood hack, but first, this break. It is time for this week's Hollywood hack, which is the simplest of all Hollywood hacks, keep a deck of playing cards in the car. Yes, and I was thinking if you're not someone who has a car, if you're in New York, you could keep a pack of playing cards in your backpack because, or whatever bag you carry because they are so small. They're small, they're not heavy, they're the easiest thing to have around, and they're so great because they can fill space in a way that isn't looking at your phone screen. Like Violet and I, for years I've been trying to get her to play cards, I should just say. And finally, she's like into playing cards. So we'll go to a restaurant and play King on the Corner or Slapjack or War while we're waiting for our food. Or if we're stuck waiting somewhere, anywhere, we can play cards. She's also learning to play solitaire. So she can play solitaire Well, you know, if I have to work while we're somewhere. It's the greatest. I'm saying time filler, but it's actually really fun. Yeah. I love this idea. In fact, I was thinking it'd be a good way to teach a child how to play poker, for instance, because I do think everyone should know how to play poker. Yeah. It's funny you said that because last night Violet was like, I think it's time for me to learn how to play poker. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then you can work up to gin, hearts. I mean, there are many fun card games one can play at a restaurant or anywhere. Yes. Okay, Sarah, finally, every week we recommend a book, a movie, podcast, or anything else, and it doesn't have to be something new. It just has to be something we love. All right, I'm not going to say I love this recommendation, but I'm making it as a recommendation. (laughs) It's going to be very controversial. We will get emails about this recommendation. I am suggesting people watch The Idol on Max, starring Lily Rose Depp and The Weeknd. This is a show about a pop idol 
who comes under the influence of a producer, let's say, uh, who's played by The weekend, and what happens. It is widely hated. It is reviled, <laughs> Sarah. There have been so many articles about how offensive and awful the show is. I will say that I found it both extremely problematic and extremely entertaining. I really just want to hear what people think of it is why I'm recommending it. I loved some of the side characters so much. I actually thought Lily Rose Depp was, I think she's very talented. I loved seeing the wardrobe. This wardrobe really blew my mind. And when you see it, you will know why I say this. And then, of course, there's her house is beautiful. It's pleasing in that sense. But I just found it very entertaining. And usually if something's entertaining, it's not so hated. In other words, I I get all the problems with it because it is very problematic. But at the same time, there's much in media that's problematic. And we have chosen this show to just be absolutely irate about. (laughs) So I really just want other people to watch it and talk to me about it. In fact, if you watch it, please come on the Facebook group, which you can find by searching Facebook for Happier in Hollywood, because I'm just curious of people's impressions. Yeah, and I haven't watched it at all. I need to watch at least a couple of episodes, but it goes to the being part of the conversation. This is definitely a show that is part of the popular culture conversation going on now, and I feel completely out of it, so I'm going to watch a couple episodes. Yes, and I will, I mean, I'll add, like, one of my nieces was saying she loved the show and watched the pilot three times while waiting for the second episode to air, which is how I even happened to watch it, because she was so into it that I said, well, I have to watch this. And then I got into it. So let me know what you think. Yeah. And that's it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. We love hearing from you. Email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. And please follow us if you haven't already. And also, if there's an episode of the podcast that you think a friend of yours would love, please send them the link. That is how people find us, is word of mouth. Thanks to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and thanks to everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram, at Sancola Sound. Thanks to everyone at Cadence 13, and as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin, Happier in Hollywood as part of the Onward Project. Listen to the other Onward Project podcasts, Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, and Everything Happens with Kate Bowler. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram and threads at Liz Craft, and Sarah is at S. Fain. As I just said, we also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join the conversation. Until next week, I'm Sarah Fain. And I'm Liz Craft. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. Sarah, I was very close to recording in a robe today because I <laughs> I got home from the airport at one in the morning, which was four oh in the God. morning East Coast time. So, um, but I rallied.
And I am dressed As I recall, and awake it's, now. Yeah, it's happened before, hasn't it? I feel like I've seen I you. Have you recorded. have recorded in a row. Yes, I know, but I couldn't <laughs> do that to you guys. <laughs> From the Onward Project.